my father, when he turned 50 years old back in 1990, he ran a half marathon, and I was a little disappointed that I couldn't get off the couch and, and, and run more than a 5K. So I decided to make it a challenge to run with him the next year. I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Wally from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Bregnell from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kidinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Biggie from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seiperstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK. And you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. You're listening to Run with Coach Parry. My name is Brad Brown. So good. Good to have you with us and thank you very much for downloading and listening to today's podcast and you would have heard a snippet of our guest today at the top end of this podcast and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to share this one with you. It's another one of those fly on the wall coaching sessions uh, with Lindsay Parry uh, and one of our members at coachparry.com and today it's John Hauber and uh, John's story is incredible as you'll hear uh, on today's podcast but uh, John has set the goal. He wants to qualify for the Boston Marathon uh, next year. I say he wants to. That was the goal that was set, and he's just done it, which is amazing. Uh, he ran, I say he ran, he smashed a personal best, a PR, uh, at uh, Marathon in Iceland recently. Took uh, a whole whack of time off his uh, previous Marathon best. Uh, he posted in the forums not that long ago uh, saying, Hi, my name's John. I'm from Indianapolis in the US. Uh, I've just turned 50, so my Boston standards have finally dropped. Uh, he says, I'm a six foot tall, 1.82 meters. Uh, I've cut weight from 194 pounds to 170 over the last 24 months. I've been a runner, jogger since 1990, but started training hard two and a half years ago. I'm now running around 160 miles per month. Uh, and really, and, and he put that in capital letters, I really want to run a sub 3.30 marathon uh, to qualify for Boston. His current personal best is a 3.36. Uh, I've worked so hard. I've been getting eight hours of sleep. I've been watching my diet closely. And after 3,500 miles of running, I'm in great shape. But the last few minutes to cut seem to be the hardest. I'm not an athlete, but will always remain stubborn. Well, we've got John on the call today. And uh, he's been working closely with uh, or on the Coach Parry platform uh, over at CoachParry.com. He's got himself a sub-330 training program for that marathon, and he absolutely smoked it, which is uh, amazing news, as you'll hear uh, on today's podcast. And, uh, yeah, the coach believes you can go even faster, which is even better news. So, uh, John, no pressure. We want to see what you do at Boston, mate. Uh, thank you so much for making uh, yourself available, uh, and thanks to you to the coach. Uh, I hope you are going to enjoy this chat, uh, and it's all coming your way next. Yeah, John, you, you've, uh, you've just come back from from uh, Iceland, I think it was, that you ran that marathon. Did you Were you following the, the, the 3.30 program uh, to that marathon or was this marathon sort of part of the, the, the training process and you've been targeting another, another marathon? So let's start there. Yeah, I uh, purchased your program 16 weeks ago okay. and cool. followed it almost as much as I could step by step. The only deviation I had, which kind of worried me, was about a month before the marathon, I had a 70K ultra that I had scheduled, and I wanted to continue to do that. Uh, so that was off, off a little bit. I was worried that that might might me. But side race, that uh, if I felt any pain at all, 
you know, the main goal was the marathon that I would just stop doing what I was doing. So okay. I did, I did finish the 70 K in my, in my mind, if you run a 70 K 42 K sounds really easy. <laughs> That's why I did that. Look, there's, kind there's of the a, mental aspect. Yeah, there's a massive psychological boost. In, and obviously, if you overdid it in that 70K and you're really sore and hobbling around for a week, then, then it, it, it wouldn't have a, a positive um, impact. And I guess that's largely why so many people, why the advice is always not to do that sort of thing. Okay, so um, let's start then a, a little bit further back. Tell me a little bit about... What got you into running? What got you into marathon? Um, why Boston? Why you know? Why is it important to qualify for for, for Boston? Let's just get a, a sense of where you're coming from before we figure out where you're going to. Well, I think the running aspect came from um, my father when he turned 50 years old back in 1990. He ran a half marathon, and I was a little disappointed that I couldn't get off the couch and, and, and run more than a 5K, so I decided to make it a challenge to run with him the next year, and uh, so I, I started at that point. Um, I did a couple marathons in my 30s with really poor times. I mean, poor for a 30-year-old who was in good shape, you know, a little over four hours, and uh I, I always dreamed of Boston, but I saw the qualifying times then were three hours and five minutes or three hours and 10 minutes and, and really put it out of my mind that I would ever be able to do something like that. Um, skip forward, I, I raised three boys. And during that, that, that time, uh, there's really not time that I needed to put in the training. Um, my weight ballooned to probably um, – uh, 89 kilos, and uh, I, I was really out of shape. Well, exactly um, two and a half years ago, some friends of mine said, we're going to do a, a relay trail run. We need a, a fourth person. And that was probably the best thing that happened to me because if you're running for yourself, you can run lazy. But if you're running on a team, you don't want to be the weak link. So yes. I decided I wouldn't be the weak link, and I started running again. And and fell in love with it this time. And um, since that day, um, there has not been uh, a single month when I have run less than um, 130, 140 miles. So I guess what that would be 65 to 70 uh, kilometers per month, every month for the last, um, last two and a half years. And my weight has dropped from 89 to about 73. So it's been a, a big change. Cool. I knew I needed – so I ran, a, I ran a couple marathons, but I couldn't get under 340. And my, my actually, I had a 335. And um, June of this year, I turned 50 years old, and the Boston standards that I'd been dreaming about for 20 years finally were going to be reduced to 330. And I knew I couldn't 3 on my own, and so I looked at your program and decided – this could really be the kicker that would, that would get me over. I was going to put um, all my eggs into one basket, that being the Iceland Marathon, that I was going to do everything I could to cut my weight, to pick up my miles, to follow your training program. Um, and, and if the temperatures were right and the course was a uh, little rolling hills, I might be able to do it. Cool. So some good news. Um, I mean, now that you have qualified for Boston, of course, when you, when you go to run it, um, and, and we'll get to the, the specifics there, but 
really having done 321 now, you know, 3 315 is really <laughs> something that that is is within your your realm. And of course, I mean, going from 3 321 to three hours, well, not well, not impossible. That's probably a, a really big ask. Um, but I am. I have seen the need there for this. Thirty minutes is actually maybe too big a range for for um, these programs. So I am busy putting together some three fifteen, three forty five, so on and so forth. So of course, when you do go and hit it at uh, and, and start training seriously for Boston, that option will there will be there for you. So um, just having a look then at where you are now. Um, We've got your your marathons there, but have you um, you've not really run five um, or ten kilometer races or, or ten milers um, road races that you've kind of shot for a time. I mean, you generally it looks to me like you've you've done a few casual marathons um, and some ultras, but you haven't really um, tested yourself over any of those shorter distances? You know, that that's true. It kind of scares me. Um, I enjoy the marathons because, <laughs> this is going to sound awful, they don't hurt as much. Um, I feel like the 5K, just the, the gasping for air, the high heart rate, the pain around the middle. You know, part of your training program was the 1K hard runs with the one-minute rest. I did not look forward to those days. Uh, I did them. Um, I could put together, um, I could probably put together a 21 and a half 5k. Um, and that's, that, that would, you know, the, the pain I feel is just kind of, <laughs> it's, it's not as fun the gasping for air and trying and the, to. The, those 1k black, repeats, what, what sort of times were you hitting those 1k repeats in? I was doing them right about, um, 4.15, about what you were suggesting. Uh, yeah, about and, – and some of my walking breaks may have been a, 30 seconds longer than a minute just because my heart rate. And that's one thing that I'm, – I'm having my first ever stress test on um, September 5th. Uh, the doctor suggested because even after two hours in the marathon, my pace slowed down. But, but my heart rate – and I'm 50 years old. My heart rate was still 188 beats per minute. And I had not gotten it over 175 in my hard run, so it was it was it was rough. So okay. I, I definitely. Uh, so so a, a, a question there about that. Um, so in the marathon, did it go to 180, and it, that's kind of it got there quite quickly, and then then it it sort of persisted, and even when your pace dropped, or was that kind of it just steadily climbed up there, and then. Uh, after about two hours, that's kind of where it was. And even though you then slowed down a bit, it stayed. Is that more? Which of those two is more accurate as to what happened? It was. Yeah, I felt comfortable. We were we were running um, about uh, four thirty six um, kilometer per minute or minutes per kilometer. For I was running with my running partner from the states. Okay. And he is he's a sprinter for sure. He runs. He's 50 years old, too, and runs 18, 19-minute 5Ks. Wow. Wow. I beat him in a marathon. He's got fast legs, but my legs will keep going, but it's my heart okay. is rough. So we were running very comfortably for two hours. Like, it was going up very slowly, and yeah. right at the two-hour mark, 
it went straight up and stayed straight across. Okay. Um, I had to, I walked 15, 20 seconds at a time, each kilometer, maybe the last six or seven kilometers. Um, and when I looked at the heart rate, it would drop a little bit, but as soon as I started moving again, it, it, it didn't recover. It went right back to okay. where it was. Yeah, so look, it's good to have that sort of checked up. It's, it does sound a little bit more like um, it, it might be more to it, but but some you know cardiac drift in, in a marathon and, and certainly longer than a marathon is quite normal. But that does sound a little bit different to that. So look, let, let, let's just then assume um, for the purpose of this discussion that twenty one thirty is kind of where you can go um, and. That, that kind of predicts for you a, a sub-140 half marathon and it predicts for you a 329 marathon. Obviously, you've already gone faster than that. So I think for you, I wouldn't call your speed a weakness because I'd, it doesn't sound to me like you have a lack of speed per se. Um, obviously, there's a, a, a an issue with the uh, uh, the, the, the cardiorespiratory drive, uh, your cardiac response, and you don't enjoy it. So you've got these two things <laughs> coming together, you know, like you don't look forward to that sort of training. And of course, the feedback that you're getting anyways is not great. So I, I think you're probably not miles away from your potential in a, in a marathon. Um, I do get the sense though that you're the kind of runner that, would get better as you go longer. And, and one of the things that gives me a really good clue to that is that you responded so well to doing a 70K training run. Um, you obviously ran it well within yourself. Your legs probably weren't too sore afterwards. But that gives us a really good feedback that says that when you do run um, at fairly low um percentages of your aerobic uh, um, ability that you get really good positive stimulus out of that. And that, that in essence tells us that you derive a lot of your strength from your aerobic capability. Um, and so while some speed work is good for you, because it is good for us to train our weaker parts, you actually want to focus on your strength, work a little bit on your weakness and focus on your strength. So it means that, that you will actually respond from slightly higher training volumes done at lower intensities. And there will be a breaking point there. Um, and some of that will be linked to, to your age. However, although 50 sounds like a fairly high number for somebody running, a lot of that is often also related to your training age. And the reality is that your training age is really, really young. So you're not going to respond the same way that a 50-year-old that's been running for 20 years is. In fact, a 50-year-old that's been running for 20, 30 years is going to start going down the other side of the hill, and you're not. Um, and I've seen, I have seen this scenario play out over and over, there will come a time where your age will start to compromise you. And, you know, as you sit here, you could go, yeah, if I had this sort of passion when I was 30, I would have been able to run so, so much faster. Of course, that's true. However, you will be surprised how far this can go if it remains a passion and, and, and you enjoy it. So, so effectively, I do believe that come 
Boston. I, I can't remember the exact qualifying windows. Was this was this in the, the window to allow you to run Boston in April next year? Or yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the cutoff is September tenth. Okay. Cool. So so that would be so so that would kind of be your, your goal. Um, and for for me, provided that the doctors don't don't find too much wrong, which I I don't think they will, but maybe. We'll, that's a bridge that needs to be crossed anyway then, not now. Um, but what you really want to do between now and getting quite serious about Boston, there's a lot of time. You could squeeze in another marathon. Um, I won't suggest you, you target a 5K, but you may want to target either a, a half marathon or a 20-miler um, so that it doesn't quite take the same out of you as a marathon would. Um, you may have an ultra marathon actually, because there is enough time. I mean, if, if you train from now until uh, and 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 you ran somewhere between twenty miles and a and a an ultra um, kind of Novemberish, not too much right. later than that. Um, but essentially, you want to train, carry on going, not get too focused in what you're training for, because you also don't want to get mentally fatigued. And then from about December, December, January, February, March, actually probably January, from January, you want to then start focusing on, on building, ramping yourself up, getting those 10 weeks of peak training in again in the lead up to, to Boston with two weeks drop at the end. Um, and then really I do, I do think somewhere between 310 and 315 is something that you are capable of. So. I think that's awesome. I uh, it never for me to cut the the best marathon I ever did uh, training program and, and as a big assistant in that regard is just unbelievable to me. I was in pretty good shape um, last year and tried two marathons just on my own. I ran uh, a very flat course in Erie, Pennsylvania, where the total elevation change is eleven feet over the entire course. Wow. Pancake. And I got, I got done with the first uh, 21K about an hour and 44, which was done I needed, but I knew I couldn't go any further. You know, I was 16 or 17. I really hit a wall and ended up with a 336, 337. Um, this year at Reykjavik, we hit the 21K mark at 139, and I felt great. I mean, I had confidence that I could just keep on going. Maybe. It was it was a it was a very exciting feeling to, you know, my brain kept saying, you know, at some point this is going to have to end, but it it didn't. I felt I felt very strong, and um, you know, to have a coach, to have someone that that can give you that direction, the motivation, the podcast, uh, and then the program itself um, that allows some variables, you know, in your daily life, but you you know what the goal is. Um, well, I can't speak enough for that. I've never had a coach in my entire life. And, uh, you know, to cut 14 minutes after the one, it really does motivate me to continue to see what I can do. And awesome. uh, that makes it exciting. Cool. Yeah, look, and, and it is quite, it's easy from here to actually get carried away. And I guess that's what I'm saying. I mean, another marathon might be nice and, and there's just about enough time, but the risk of that compromising Boston is there and it's real. Um, and so that's yeah. why I say from now until you get serious, 
you know, it, it's either about picking something shorter and focusing on that. Um, but really what it's about is keeping ticking over, keeping going, staying fit and keeping yourself in a position that you can give yourself another 12 week run um, and then get as close to that uh, 315 as, as possible. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's, 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 it's your country, not necessarily your hometown, but having run Boston, um, they're bigger races. I ran New, I've ran New York, which is obviously bigger, but, but I don't know, Boston's special. The, the, the crowd is special. The way they cheer you on is special. The history of the race. So oh, yeah. you do want to, you know, it, it's the kind of race you want to go there to race, not to take part. It, I guess is really what I'm, where I'm, where I'm going with it. Yeah. Um, cool. Some, some questions for me from your side. Yeah, I've had a couple. Um, one, just as we were talking today, I'm a person who uh, doesn't mind taking my medicine to improve deaths that I'm getting involved in 5K and 10K races. W would that help the distance uh, of a marathon? It, it, it would. Okay, so again, uh, although because your strength is in that aerobic, okay, we're not looking for big improvements down the bottom end to get big improvements at the other end. So okay. small improvements will give you big improvement that side. So it absolutely would. Having said that, we don't have to go all the way down to 5K. I think if we did some good 10K, 10 mile and 21s, that would be good. But the advantage of the 5K besides the, the feeling and the gasping for air is that typically we can do that more often as a test because yeah, although it hurts that much um, cardiovascularly, it doesn't do the damage to the legs that a 21 might do. So, so that's where a five and a 10 will play quite a, will be advantageous because you can do three, four of them between now and the end of the year. Um, whereas with a 21, you can probably do one. And a 10 okay. miler, you might be able to do two. Okay. Um, secondly, is there a secret to getting to 32K and not and still feeling fresh? Is that more long runs or is that more of a mental aspect? Is there Because there have to be marathoners who, who finish the whole thing feeling strong. What's, what's the best secret to get past the 32K mark and, and still feel strong? There are, four. there are four aspects to it, okay? Three are, are running, and the fourth one is basically purely mental, but there are three aspects to it. And the one is, of course, we can do um, longer training runs and build up our endurance, okay? The second one is we can add strength training and, and get really nice, strong quads, glutes, and, and so on. Okay. The third aspect is, is pacing correctly. So, you know, you, your pacing was pretty darn good. I mean, to go through in... in in um, um, what did you say? Uh, 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 one um, one thirty nine for half. One one thirty nine, and, and then essentially did a one forty one in the second. I mean that, that that's really not terrible pacing at all. Um, and then the fourth aspect of that is you're always going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Or I mean, is you're not going to get to that last bit without being uncomfortable. Generally having a reasonable amount of discomfort. But the real difference between finishing strong and not is if you've done a fairly good job of the other three, you're going to be in line for a PB. 
And if you're in line for a PB, that tends to carry on going. And, and, and if the PB drifts out, you tend to find that you drift more on that day than you, than you did on PB day. That's really, yeah. Um, the other question is, is there a concern with regards to combination of both weight loss and strength training, a balance between how much weight do you lose, how much strength do you want to build, um, you know, I'm down to, like I said, about 73K, which is about where I want to be. Do I need to, if I lift weights and, and get stronger and build up some muscle, does that weight, that extra weight hurt or help? Or how do you make that balance in terms so, of, of where your weight is? There is going to be a line where too much muscle is actually going to compromise because it's physics, okay? Um, having said that, a little bit of muscle, because of its contribution to what you're doing, is not going to, to compromise, but there's going to be a line. Um, so we tend to focus a lot on legs and doing a lot of leg strengthening and then doing some but not very much upper body and certainly not very heavy uh, because you've been carrying weight on the upper body doesn't make uh, any sense. And then, look, there, there are two schools of thought around this where people are like absolute strength is – as good as any other strength. But what I do find is that when you're building absolute strength, in other words, doing much lower rep ranges, three to six rep repetitions, um, although the strength gains are really good and relative strength then over the, the longer distance is, is good, that's where I do find the hypertrophy lies and we tend to get slightly bigger muscles. Whereas if we do extend the rep range, people talk about that's doing strength for strength endurance. And I'm, I'm not so sure I, I quite believe that part of it. But what I do know is that doing that sort of um, higher rep ranges of, of 20 to 30, where you're really fatiguing the muscles, I find that doesn't have nearly the same amount of hypertrophy. You, know, you do get stronger and the strength gains are there, but you don't get that big bulking. Obviously, you don't get quite as strong as you do with the, the shorter repetitions right. higher weights but it still has a very positive um contributing factor to to strength gain for what we are doing anyway oh very good well, i appreciate that when i was um when i was done i was thinking to myself i could probably really push it and get into the teens 319 318 but i was i don't know it's kind of nice not to know what your top line is but I just said my goal for that particular race was to get anything under 327 and I knew I was going to smash that and uh, I decided it was probably the wiser move at this particular marathon not to push it too much and 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 tear something and have to disqualify I didn't want a DNF at that point so I really kind of backed off and coasted in but it really door for I want what I can do more training and, and more assistance from you and if there is a 315 training guide I will be ready to, to get on that and, and follow that as, as you recommend because cool. so far your advice has been spot on awesome. so I thank you for that cool absolute pleasure so look you will get a mail once we, we, we we're launching the new exciting uh, websites in the next three weeks hopefully so you'll definitely get a, a mail. You can come and check it out and see what it looks like. Um, check out all the new programs and so on. 
Um, but yeah, look, well done. Great. Look, and it's an amazing race. I'm, I'm excited on your behalf. Um, thanks for sharing your story with us. That's actually why we're here. So that is amazing. Um, and yeah, good luck. Uh, I'm pretty sure we will see you in the forum and, and have more questions to answer. And yes. um, yeah, I, I really I look forward to helping you on your journey to Boston. Well, thank you very much. And I certainly do encourage uh, all, of, all of your athletes to post in the forum because the things, the questions they ask, I read through as much as I can. And, and uh, their questions and your answers really raise issues that I may not have even thought about, but uh, it really helped. So it's, it's a great program. And, awesome. and again, thanks for your time. Absolute pleasure. John, have an awesome day in the U.S. My day is just about coming to a conclusion, <laughs> but uh, you, you have a good one that side. All right. Thanks again. Awesome. John, okay. go well. How cool was that? What an amazing story. And uh, yeah, I also think uh, John's going to have an absolutely brilliant Boston Marathon next year. Uh, if you want to run to your full potential, you may have heard uh, we've got some exciting things on the boil here at coachparry.com. Uh, you can pick up a training program right now. All you have to do is head over to coachparry.com forward slash program. Uh, that's where you can check out our marathon training programs. You can also be part of uh, the Coach Parry online community. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to find out more, head over to coachparry.com forward slash join. That's coachparry.com forward slash join. You can get uh, a week free in that community, see what it's all about. We've got a very active forum. And like I said, we've got some exciting news on the horizon uh, coming your way in the next few weeks. So uh, watch this space very, very closely. And what I would suggest is if you're on the fence about getting into the community, do it now, okay? Uh, because there are some big things coming. There may or may not be. We're probably leaning towards a may and increased price. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, some amazing, amazing things coming. So get into the uh, community right now and you'll get locked in at the current price, okay? Uh, that's coachparry.com forward slash join and let's help you reach your running goals. Also, a massive thank you before I go to everyone who has left us a review on iTunes. It is hugely appreciated. Uh, just so you know what happens... Uh, uh, is iTunes. The more ratings and reviews you get, the higher iTunes ranks you uh, in the sort of rankings, the search of, of iTunes itself. Uh, so the more we get, uh, the better it is for us and the more people see the podcast and obviously the more people we can help. And we've uh, had a few over the last couple of weeks. And if you leave us one, I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Uh, we got one in uh, from, it says, I run like a girl. It says, brilliant, excellent, clear, concise advice. Format is perfect. It focuses on specific questions uh, rather than a stream of consciousness. I wish there was some way to group the questions. Uh, they are now on our website. Uh, so if you head into that uh, online community, you'll be able to see and uh, find all those uh, little pieces as well. We'll have more reviews for you next week here on the podcast from myself, Brad Brown, and the coach, Lindsay Parry. We'll catch you on coachparry.com.